Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be looking at the rest of that paragraph that we went over last time. So last time we talked about putting to death, um, it says, therefore, what is earthly in you? We talked about the sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which are idolatry. It says, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And we talked about how when it says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming, we talked about uh, the wrath is coming on all unwickedness of men. And we, when we talked about on account of these, that the wrath of God is coming, we talked about how it was towards the unbelievers, right? The ones who were not uh, born again, the ones who were not raised to life in Christ or with Christ. And then we went on to talking about how we once were there. We were there. We were the ones practicing sexual immorality, impurity, passion, having evil desire and covetousness. All these things that the wrath is coming upon, we once were there. But praise be to God that he sent his son to die on our behalf, taking on himself the wrath that was due us. And Jesus took that punishment, giving us life, giving us grace, mercy, really. And then now we're going to talk about Verse 8, 9, 10, and 11. We're going to talk about these things and um, let's just dive in. Let's dive in. And it says, I'm going to start off reading Colossians chapter 3, verses 5, all the way through 11. So it says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. All right, so let's go back to verse 8. So verse 8, it says, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. So again, we talked about how we've died to our old self, we're made alive in Christ, And because we're made alive in Christ, none of these apply to us or should apply to us, which is why there is a must 
to put these away. And that's why he says, but. So why is the but there? Well, because of the verse seven. In these you two once walked. We were once there, it says. When you were living in them, Paul says, but now you must put them all away. So when we were alive to these things, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. But now because we're made alive in Christ, we are now dead to these things, to these things that the wrath of God is coming upon. It says, but now. So the question is, when should we put these away? And the obvious answer is now. Now we must put these away. Now. You wake up tomorrow, guess what? It's still now. You must put them away. Consider them dead. They must not any longer be named among you. And what is that? It says, put them all away and put what away? Anger, he says. Wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And yeah, to, to put away is the same as to put to death or to consider death or dead, uh, these earthly members, right? And because of that, it's of the flesh. We're no longer under Adam, but we're under Christ. We're under grace. And because of that, God expects holiness from us now. And now through that, we worship God. We praise God. Why do we do good works for God's glory? So, but now you must put them all away. All these things, he says. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. So let's, let's talk about anger, right? Obviously, we see through scripture that God has a righteous anger, righteous indignation, right? That's what we know it as. But here, this kind of anger um, is a vengeful kind of spirit. And it's actually rooted in selfish pride. And that is what we need to repent of. Because when we are angry, we're ultimately saying, this is not coming out the way I intended it to come out. Therefore, I am mad. Well, let me ask you the question. Um, who made you the one to determine how things should turn out? Right? When we look at life and the things that happen within life, and then we get mad about it. Do we just forget about God's sovereignty at that time? Do we forget that God is in control? Or do we think that we deserve only good things in our lives? Again, we have to be reminded of the gospel. We have to be reminded of who we are. Apart from Christ, we are nobodies. Right? We are nobodies that sinned against God who deserve his just punishment. But instead, we are granted grace through Christ. So, when things don't come our way, we're not to get mad about it. Instead, we are to analyze, take a step back, and say, how can I glorify God in this situation? Right? We're not to get mad at God because God is holy. God is holy, holy, holy. He is trice holy. Therefore, when anything happens in our lives, whatever happens in our lives, um, 
it shouldn't take away the fact that God is still in control and He is doing something at that time. God is in complete control even when we are put through trials. Because again, anger is rooted in selfish pride. And that must not be named among us. And then we get to wrath. Wrath is what? It's, it's an intense form of anger, um, which ultimately results in a violent behavior. That's what wrath is. But again, who are we in light of who God is? We're not to play God and we're not to be vengeful here on earth because what does God say? Vengeance is mine. So instead we must bring these up to God. If we do have this sense of anger or even wrath within us, repent and ask God for wisdom, right? James tells us that anyone who asks God for wisdom, God will give it to them. And then here we get malice. And malice is a, it's an evil behavior towards, towards one another. Um, and it's a desire to see them suffer, right? So it's not only a vengeful spirit. It's not only an intense form of anger, which can result in violent behavior, but malice now is an evil behavior towards one another with a desire, a want, right? With a, a, a sense of finding pleasure in seeing someone else suffer. That also must not be named among us, must be casted away. And then we get slander, right? And slander is now we're getting to the language. It's a, it's a kind of language that scolds in a harsh way, right? But again, we must not use our mouths, our words to put anyone down. Scripture says that we're to only say things that are for building up. So obviously slander is not within that group. Slander is the opposite. It's one who scolds in a harsh way that actually breaks someone down. And then he says obscene talk, which is can can translate to dirty language and a language that does no good to the hearers, right? It's a disgraceful language. And again, who are we to speak that way? When God has granted us grace, granted us mercy, shouldn't we reflect that same grace and mercy to others, right? Because again, when we use obscene talk with our mouths, we're putting someone down. We're using language that is dirty, that does no good to the hearers. Again, it's a disgraceful kind of language. And again, you're not representing Christ when you speak that way. And that's why we must put that away. Paul, it makes it very urgent. He says, but now you must put them all away. And then uh, we get to verse nine. It says, do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Again, with our words, with our mouths, we're not to bring anyone down, put anyone down in a way that doesn't bring them up. Again, we're, we're speaking to Christians here, 
believers, right? Believers in Christ who have received the grace of God, received his mercy, and God has granted them the repentance and the faith in Christ. And here we're told, do not lie to one another. Again, why shouldn't we lie to one another? Oh, God is not a liar. Do not lie to one another. And Paul basically says, this is why you shouldn't lie. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Okay, so you put that away. That is dead. That old man no longer is relevant. That person is dead. And it says, with its practices. That's key because, again, as Christians, yes, we will fall into sin, but we don't make practice of sin. We don't continually live there. Why? Because we're dead to that. And the Holy Spirit will not let us uh, just indulge in sin and continue to indulge in sin because we can grieve the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit convicts us of that sin. And then we get to verse 10 and it says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in a knowledge after the image of its creator. So this new person, whenever we died to our earthly bodies, when we died to our earthly, our flesh, right? We are made alive in Christ. And because we're made alive in Christ, that is being put on, putting on the new self. We are new. Therefore, here's what comes along with the new self. It says, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So we must understand and know who Christ is, what he has done. And through the Holy Spirit, we'll be made more and more like Christ after the image of its creator, right? Because he is the creator of all things and he even creates us a new self, he makes us alive. We were once dead in our sins and trespasses, and in Christ we are made alive. And be, now we, when we are made alive, we have new desires. We don't desire to sin anymore. Now we have a desire to please God through obedience. That's the Ten Commandments, right? Back in Exodus, uh, God tells uh, the people, he says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, right? Here's the Ten Commandments. But they flipped it. They tried to do these good works, tried to keep the law in order to be on God's good side. But God is saying, no, I saved you already. I took you out of the land of Egypt. Now, here are my statutes. And again, for us as Christians, God is doing the same thing. God saves us. And now he says, now be like Christ. And again, that is impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus Christ um, in a saving way, uh, repent from your sins. Acknowledge that you have sinned against the holy God and you deserve his just punishment, which is his, which is his wrath. But you understand that God took on flesh, Jesus Christ, and lived a life that you were unable to live. He died the death that you ought to have died. Because when he died, he didn't just die physically. He received the just punishment that was supposed to fall on us. The wrath of God was appeased on Christ. And he died 
was buried, and on the third day he rose from the grave. Praise God. He rose from the grave and now he's at, he's seated at the right hand of God. Put your faith in that Jesus and you will be saved. Right? You must be born again and that's how it's done. Faith alone in Christ alone. And it's by grace alone and just, and we get that from God's word, from scripture alone. No one else, right? No secret knowledge that we must know or or try to gain. No, it's found in God's word and God tells us plainly, repent and believe and you will have eternal life. Then we get to verse 11 where it says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and, and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So when it says, uh, when it says here is not Greek and Jew, he's making distinctions here saying when it comes to this, when it comes to putting on the new self, putting off the old self, and this new self is being renewed after the image of its creator, uh, there's no difference whether you're a Greek or Jew or whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, speaking about the flesh on the outside a barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all in and all. What he is saying there is it's all the same for everybody by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. That's ultimately what he is saying there. Um, if we go back to Ephesians chapter four, right? So in the first season of follow me to heaven, we went through Ephesians and in here, Ephesians chapter four, I'm going to read verses 17 through 24. It says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, right? In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self. There's that same language, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Verse 23 and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and what true righteousness and holiness. So that is our destination, true righteousness and holiness. And God has laid that out before us. So when we go back to verse, uh, verse 11 of Colossians chapter three, when it says here, there is, not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, a uh, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Uh, ultimately, all this applies to everyone who repents and believes. Does it matter your background? Does not matter the color of your skin. Does not matter uh, whether you live in a wealthy uh, home or a poor home. Does not matter... Um, your status of wealth does not matter. Uh, your status of 
whatever you are. Um, if you are a human being, know that Jesus Christ took on flesh in the likeness of man, in the likeness of humans, for what? To die on the cross so that all who would believe in him, all who would repent from their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ would be saved. So that's why we must put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. We're not to lie to one another. We're not to uh, live in sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, uh, which is idolatry. Um, and the reason being is because we're all under grace. That is what it is about. That is the gospel. It's the gospel of grace. Again, we can't work our way for our salvation. We can't work uh, to be on God's good side. Know that we have put there by Christ and Christ alone. And this is why God receives the glory alone, right? To the glory of God alone. And that is why Christ is all and in all. He is reconciling all things to himself. So we must look back at this, reread, understand what we need to put to death or consider dead and continue killing um, that fleshly uh, desire that still tries to linger on. And it is, is at war uh, with the Holy Spirit that is within us. And we must seek and desire to do that which is good, holy, righteous, and that brings glory to God. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. <laughs>